Hello, everyone. It is Redmen Radio. It is the 100th Redmen podcast, Chris. This is our 100th episode spectacular. How What's going to make it spectacular? This is going to make it spectacular. Tom's going to have a twat of a job cleaning that <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, poor guy. Just push it onto the uh, floor for him. Mm, yeah, we'll leave that there. Well, I'll, I'll do him half a favour by not pushing it onto the floor. 100 podcasts, Chris. 100 podcasts. And this is, because I thought, is this in this format? And it's not, because if we recall, about a year ago, we asked regular subscribers to work out what we were up to by adding, because we were on SoundCloud for a bit, weren't we? Yeah, and, we were. And to go back and work out exactly how many we'd done. So in the, uh, and, and the reference I often use is, Action Comics or Amazing Spider-Man, where they get to a big milestone, they ignore the fact that it's like the third run of it, and they bring back the historical numbering. So yeah, this is our hundredth ever podcast. Well done. I'm on to you too, Paul. Well I'm on to well you done. for listening mm. and watching. If you've listened to all 100, wow. <laughs> get a life. Get a, <laughs> get a life. Get a life. What are you listening to us for? <laughs> um... Right, it comes with a big announcement. I promised this on the, for the for the Redmen TV subscribers. Uh, the big announcement is this is the final Redmen podcast in this format, like this. And uh, from next week, it's taking a whole new look, a whole new fresh vibe and edge. We've got double the table. Does that mean double the guests? I mean, the simple answer is yes. Yes, it does. Um, yeah, really so exciting. Bought, we've bought the extra table and have microphones. You, have we got four chairs that match? Yeah. Have, have I stumped you? No, no, we've we have. We have got four chairs that match up. How do you not know that? I don't know. I don't really pay attention to them. We just <laughs> sit on them. <laughs> Chris will sit anywhere and read anything. Be aware. Um, right, big announcement apart from that is that Chris and I have launched our own YouTube channel as well. People say, well, haven't you already? Isn't it this? It is this, of course. Um, but not only, but also, as they say, yeah, Machen Payjack has got its own channel. Um, obviously, I've got my own one. Chris now joins me into that in, into that solo world. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Liverpool, of course, but largely it's just other stuff, life, the universe, and everything. And everything, literally everything. everything no filter, anything. unfiltered. Completely unfiltered. Machen and Payjack. Yeah, exactly. So if you like, if you look, if you like us. Because you, believe it or not, this is filtered. In some way, mm. we yeah, do have to, have to not to say things. You have to be careful not to talk politics, like oh, Brexit's a big load of bollocks on this uh, on this YouTube channel because people get dead cross in the comments. Well, you know what? Come over to our channel. We'll put the link uh, in the description underneath. Go over there, subscribe, give it a kickstart. It starts with a brand new podcast, it, very much like this, but like, you know. I want a thousand subscribers there. before we put a video out. Ooh. Wow. And I am willing to give stuff away to make that happen. What are you going to give away? I'm going to give away Sexual a Tokyo Time Okay, cool. Get over, get subscribed right now and click the notification bell as well so you'll be first notified when our very first video on our brand new YouTube channel goes out. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing like, so we'll do some Liverpool stuff, we'll do more general football stuff as well and then some random weird life stuff as well. So yeah, if you like all nice. that stuff, if you like us for whatever reason that might be, um, more of us over there. It's my bottom. What? They like me because of my bottom. It's lovely. Just to clarify, if that's not the reason, if that, what, that would be a reason why not, let me know, and I can see that that's not a major factor, just from the waist up. Okay. Shoot you from the waist up. Oh. 
But you're Again, denying but, uh, them the good stuff. But You've got to hold something back for the Machen Pajak paywall. I get it, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I totally get it, mate. Coming, it's coming, fine. Coming 2020. Um, kickoff question this week then comes from Ben Wheatcroft, who's at Zippy Bungle, who's clearly. I mean, like, I used to have a. I, I used to go to school with a Wheatcroft. Okay, brilliant. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go with. I used to watch Rainbow. Um, I mean, you did. Um, go on. You used to go to school with a Wheatcroft. What? 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 That was it. Okay, brilliant. Any Bens? I did go to school with a Benjamin. Ben's. We called him Ben. Uh-huh. Interesting, isn't it? Wow. Nobody subscribes to this new channel, are they? <laughs> uh, if you could have a shirt made up of previous Liverpool shirts, like the City one they've released, what shirts would you use? Have you seen the, the kip of this Man City shirt? It's a fucking joke. It's it's an absolute disgrace. It looks like someone vommed on a plane kit. And now here's the thing. It's uh, not, but it also looks a bit like what Bailey came in wearing today. It is straight up Bailey Shaw Street. Um, he yeah, liked it. Yeah, he, he did. He loved it. It's too much for you. Wow. Wow. Yeah, Imagine I... Imagine what it's like for us then. I can't mash up kits like... La. Uh, yeah. The, wow. Have you seen it's the, made you go there. No, have you seen the state of... Have you seen... The, like, Adidas have done this now. Where they've done this recently. Where they've mashed up that... Because I... You'll know... That 1990 Adidas design with the thing over the front of it, West the West Germany, Liverpool tracky top from time, etc. etc. Love that design to bits. They've done one that's that, but with green underneath it, like they've matched the home yeah, and away yeah. kit. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. And that's just two kits. They've done it with an Argentina one. Horrendous. This is like, uh, well, however many it is, nine or seven or what? It's just shit. It's PR shit. Anyway. Do you know what it kind of reminded me of a little bit? which is something that we did on Retro Footy TV, is Graham Souness's Vector Soccer. Yeah. Because God. that's kind of what it good. was kind of made of. Mm. Just some triangles and colours. Yeah, lots of angles. Um, that's a game you need to that check That being out, said... Oh, mate, I enjoyed this one. Oh, you've drawn it out. Oh, I enjoyed this one, oh, mate. Oh, wow. That is fantastic. I really wish I'd done that. Now I feel like I've missed an opportunity to fill some good time in my life. Yeah, it took me a while. Mm. It took me a while. And there was there were different iterations. Like, for example, I started off with the 91-92 striped shorts, you can see there. But what I've decided is I went with the 76 to 79 plain shorts okay. in the end. And I think you'll find, Mr. Machin, if you were to check your emails right now, I may have digitally mocked these up for the viewers. Not the listeners, sorry. Um, <laughs> Your face listeners. But the viewers, I have absolutely <laughs> mocked these you up. genuinely have as well. I'm so what I've them. done is I've used LFC history, um, LFC historical kits, and it's a very, very poor Photoshop job. Um, but I've got them on the screen right now for Bailey, so he can actually show the viewers. So hang on a second, and I think you've done a home kit and an away kit. Oh, mate, I've done kit. a home kit and an away kit, because this is, this is football and this means more. This is Liverpool Football Club, Paul. Oh. And we're talking kits and kits... Is your bag, so, but when I get to design my own kit, I am fully in oh, wow, on okay. this. So you know what? I had no idea what you'd done here, and I thought you just sent me two pictures from... Uh, they look great, don't they? Oh, wow. Right, so, home kit, Flecked 89-91, and that away kit is what I'm, I'm not even most proud home of. Kit, the away kit is... That is sick. <laughs> Isn't it incredible? Right, let's talk the home kit first. We've got the 89 to 91 flecked sleeves. Uh, we've got the 85 to 86 stripe over the shoulder uh, with the uh, 85, 86 th- 
main kit as well. We got mm -hmm. the collar from the 87-88 kit. Mm. Uh, we got the plain red 76-79 to 79 short, and we got the 2008, believe it or not, to 2010 <laughs> socks with the LFC. Yeah. I think you'll find that they match up quite well. They've both yeah. got the crown paints yeah. on the away. We've got the 85-86 main shirt um, with the Adidas equipment. I think that's key here. I think I've got the shoulders, uh, the collar of the 2018-19 kit, believe it or not, the dark grey collar. Mm. We've got the 89-91 flecked um, shoulders and the stripes from those shoulders continue out over sure. the top. Sure. We've got the grey 87-88 shorts and we've got the white 2015-16 socks and I think you'll agree, that kit is absolutely marvellous. That might be the greatest <laughs> Liverpool away kit that's ever been created in the history of things. And we all know Liverpool have good seasons when they have grey away kits as well. Just saying. Um, so well, there you yeah. go, Nike and your millions of pounds. One, one morning with me, LFC history, and a really, really poor attempt at Photoshop, and we've got the greatest away kit that Liverpool have ever fashioned. I completely agree. I did, so that, I, I never thought about making it into a shirt that actually was nice. I just thought about all the elements of shirts that I love to make it to make an absolute monstrosity like Nike have done with all of these mashup kits. Um, except that, like I said, the hypocrisy is. That I, I mean, it's not something I would probably wear, you know, really, really, because I like plain shirts. But also, if there was a, if there was a mad Adidas mashup shirt, so it would have to have for me the gold kit from ninety five, ninety six, the, the third netto kit, bag, the netto bag one. But what that like the the the, the three stripes around the bottom of the the, the shirt thing. So probably have like the gold sleeves or something from from that. Have the big black stripes from the white from the white and green away kit up the side. Yeah. The Adidas, Adidas equipment ones, the flex from. Like uh, the, the ninety home kit and the ninety the nineteen ninety away kit in there for for shit and giggles and then maybe something like okay best collar you probably look I think you've nailed it it's something from like the eighty seven to nineteen ninety era within that as well I don't know if there's anything modern that I throw in there for the for the sake of it you know what just because it's gonna be an absolute monstrous and I hate that kit that horrible. White with the blue bits in it. You oh, know what? No. I know, I know. Throw that in there just for the kids because they clearly love a bit of that, don't they? And then put something, put something fluorescent in there, and you know, Rob's your father's brother. You've got a thing that no one will ever wear, but will probably sell absolute bucket loads. Thank you very much. You've nailed that, Chris. You genuinely, you never <laughs> cease to surprise me as a human being. I've done this. I've known this man for let's say how old are we now? Twenty-five years. I've not. I've, you know, I've, I've been. I've, I mean, I was aware of him for, for. I've been aware of him for longer than this, but I've known you for twenty for nearly twenty years as a good as a good friend for nearly twenty years, and um, there's rarely a dull moment. Um, Page it's fantastic, page YouTube channel. Um, news then. Joe Gomez, uh, apparently back in training, Chris. This is good things. This, this is very good things. This is good things. Yeah. I like good things. Mm. Good things are good things are good. And Joe Gomez being back in training is absolutely what we've needed. And not that he's going to get back into the side, because I don't think it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. I think Joe Gomez is going to have to work to get back into the side. But if Joe Gomez gets a sniff of an opportunity and takes 20 minutes and is Joe Gomez, then Joel Matip gets, Joe, gets thrown out the side. Yeah, yeah. That, this is this is the situation you want to be in. Now we're getting into that part, the, the the crux of the season. We all know this, you know. It doesn't need explaining, but we're going to talk about it in great length over the rest of the podcast. We lead lead into the, the run, a bit of the running, and obviously Tottenham Hotspur. This is when Liverpool historically tend to fall to bits. This is when our squad tends to absolutely collapse in on itself, and there's plenty of time for that um, for anyone who lives that lives the life on the on the metal edge with those things. Um, 
this is the news you want. You want to be coming into the season as strong as possible. You want to be hearing that your best players are available to you. And this is a thing. It's not. You can chart back where Liverpool have had the struggles, and you can say it's the absence of. You, you can say it's the absence of Joe Gomez. You could. I think it's more nuanced than that. There's loads more things to it in general, and overall fitness of the squad, etc., etc. But we were incredible with Joe Gomez as a partner for Virgil Van Dijk at the back. We've now got ourselves into this wonderful, healthy situation where Joel Matip has gone up stories in everyone's mm. estimation. I think we're looking at a world where it, third choice. Yeah, you know, everyone yeah, fits. He's, he's, I think he's got above Lovren in the pecking order for his performances and, and in being and being fit and what have you. It, we've got we've worked ourselves into a really good situation. This is absolutely ideal. We're bringing Joe Gomez back in. This is what you want with any good player. You know you're a good side and you know you're a good squad when one of your best players becomes available to you and it's not an I break down to your knees crying hallelujah my god we needed him to come in and save us kind of moments. So the fact that Joe Gomez can just come in get fit get a few minutes in there maybe get a game at right back here or there get a game at centre back and get his feet back under the table before hopefully finishing the season as the centre-back that he started the season. But it's not just Joe, is it? You've got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain coming back as mm. well, and you've got Adam Lallana coming into a little bit of form, and you know Mane's playing an incredible thing. This isn't what's supposed to happen at the end of yeah. seasons. You yeah, said absolutely. it before. You're supposed to start derailing. Your wheels are supposed to start falling off if you're a car or whatever, a cart. I don't know what they're supposed to be, but the derailing thing was a train, and I needed to talk about cars. <laughs> um, so I needed to get across yeah. my uh, mixed metaphor. So I'm looking at it and going, this is what we want. Like whether it's luck, whether it's it's clearly luck. It's not design. You don't design to get your players injured yeah. mid-season and come back for the end. But you play the hand that's dealt to you. Yeah. And right now, Liverpool are looking like they're coming back in it, back in with a strong hand. You know, we've been sat on the sidelines, we've been spinning our wheels a little bit, but we've still been getting those results. When we've got our first eleven available, we'll only improve. And that's the, that's the way that it needs to be. And that's the way that if we want to win this league, it has to be. Yeah, I completely agree with all that. And it, what's interesting as well, just from what we've seen, Naby Keita back in training as well, which is which is a good. He's another one of those players. We don't know what we're going to get out of Naby, but I'd rather be in a world where he's available to us. No news as yet. I, I, I certainly have not seen any on, on Jane Jacari. Imagine his his swollen pubis yeah. um, will require you know some treatment or whatever. Well, you know, we'll see. That that's tough. You know, yeah. Best I mean, in childbirth. No comment. Um, don't ever, never hold that conversation. <laughs> Nothing's worse than childbirth. Just it, whether you think it or not, whether you think that's a true statement or not, it's one of those things that it's great that people have got opinions, but you keep them to your fucking self, right? No, right? No. So what? What? What would you? In your what things have you experienced that are more painful? Than Flick on the ear, proper one from behind. <laughs> on a cold day. I had a twisted bollock for like a week and a half and I can imagine that that was up there with childbirth. Like, seriously? Like, that, was, that was the most pain. Tantric sex game. No, it wasn't, unfortunately. Uh... <laughs> Maybe pick up on that next week. Um, moving on then. Um, international stuff. Sadio Mane scored great. Roberto Firmino, a couple of clips we've seen of him over the over the international break. There's that phenomenal touch, the the assist that never was for Lucas Paqueta's attempt on goal. Ball gets floated in from the left hand side, isn't it? And he man, he plays this cushioned pass through ball thing through to him, which is just 
I mean, it's a jizz world. Mate, it, it is world and we're living in it. <laughs> that's that's kind of what it comes down to at this point. Yeah. Roberto Firmino is king of the fucking world. I mean, the, the goal he scored itself... It was opportunistic to say the least. That was like, yeah, that, the goal that he does score. If anyone see, anyone see it will know. If you've not seen it, I'm, it's, it's all over Twitter. So go go and check it out. That is like the if you had to do a visual representation, but a really simplistic representation of how Roberto Firmino plays the number nine role. It's like this is what he can do to you. He basically just chases you down and hunts you down and kills you. Except in this instance, the guy just kind of crumbles into dust and he slots the ball at the end of it. He looked quite fast though as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, more of that. Uh, but Sadio Mane as well. I mean, there was I, 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 the, the way I found it was it was like he was being likened to Pele. Yeah. Like I mean, it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was no Maradona '86. No, it was. It was. Say. He took you know, two players on and scuffed the ball, maybe left-footed. I'm not sure what type of cameras they were using over in Senegal or Mali, but they didn't look HD. It was the. It was the kind of goal that you, you, everyone had. That at least one lad in the class at school who was probably played in Liverpool. You played for Liverpool schoolboys, or you played for. In these days, you'd probably be in an academy or whatever, and you're just miles better than everyone, and you don't really That's play footy on the yard. Like anymore but every, every now and again you do and it's just like they tear up and they've like they're like a god descended from heavens to come and play in, in amongst the muck and the fill and they just waltz the way round and they just do it's like oh yeah okay. they don't ever look like they're breaking the sweat it was the way that he turned that first man just using his body like and his strength and stuff that's something that I've not seen Sadio Mane I've not seen him do that turn before like so hopefully but it, it, he is you're right it's, it's that it's that lad who clearly knows he's better than everybody else full of confidence cock out just like really just yeah. giving it the beans have you ever been the pitch was terrible by the way yeah like absolutely terrible oh cool I mean it must be really hard to do that on that pitch yeah just saying, absolutely like. have you ever you, you ever been to like a, a kid's birthday party when you're like the oldest kid by a mile and you take no. on <laughs> and you're meant to be at a kid's birthday party and um, you play you, you play have you ever played footy against like 10 or more little kids at one time yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and I, I, I described it and I, 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 I I'm paraphrasing an old Jack D sketch from back in the day but it's like every old trick becomes new again and it's like all the simple stuff like you know you, you're playing the, the Premier League Cruyff. well yeah exactly you're playing your Sadio Mane and you're having to do reverse inverted first touch spins to get through Bayern Munich and then all of a sudden you go on international duty and like dropping the shoulder works <laughs> you know what I mean giving them the eyes you know what I mean just go and then going the other way is, does, is all you need to get past the man yeah he looks like he's living his best life at the minute so Sadio um Something uh, just a little bit more serious, not obviously directly Liverpool related, but I think there is an element that spins off of this. Um, obviously, we'll have all seen by now Raheem Sterling. Uh, I think he, he says himself he didn't hear racist abuse, but he was told about the things Danny Rose was told him that he received during the England game. So Sterling made a point of scoring, celebrating, and, 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 and basically doing the putting his ears kind of thing and, and, and drawing the eye of, of, of the opposition opposition fans. Brilliant, by the way. Absolutely fucking brilliant. We've said it on this on this podcast before. All rivalry aside, like as a man, I've only ever met Raheem Sterling once, and only, we only ever spent a, a couple of hours in his company. Thought he was a brilliant fella. Yeah, from my, from my experience of it. So I've always like kept a bit of a, kept an eye on his. I mean, kept an eye on his career. He's one of the best players in the Premier League. It's hard not to follow his career. Um, so I've always had a, a little bit of a soft spot for him because he was so sound, so sound with us. I, lo- I just love the fact that he's 
that he, he stepped stepped up to this and to, to paraphrase Gareth Southgate, you know, two middle class white men talking about racism is not really our it's not really our forte. Um, but what we think we can agree is it's absolutely it's good disgusting. It's got no place in society, let alone football. And the, seeing so a lad who gets castigated and has been cast out and, and receives it from the most overt. Uh, stuff from people shouting and hell and abuse and death threats and all that kind of stuff to the real subtle stuff that the media's doing the way the yeah. male portrays him and stuff I fucking love that Raheem Sterling has, has stepped up and just gone nah not happening the best thing about it for me is that he's using his platform to to shine a light on it all yeah. you know what I mean and that's that's incredibly brave because there are people out there who who won't and you know and he's he's able to do that and not not only that but just the way that he speaks he speaks really eloquently about it all because it's obviously something he understands and listen i've got so much time and respect for john barnes as a footballer and as a man yeah he Raheem Sterling feels to me like he's going to be the next John Barnes. He's going to pick up that torch and carry it on yeah. for the next twenty years and be a beacon of, of of hope and light for 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 people who are being abused who they shouldn't be. And yeah. you know that's fucking brilliant. And, and as you say, rivalries aside, listen, I didn't like what he did with Liverpool Football Club, no. but I understand why he did it. But as a person, my word, what what an absolute hero! Like, yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it, that you can talk about like moral character and what have you and there's, there's just different levels to, there's different levels to life and it look we, look, we make a our life is football our lives revolve around football most of us if you're watching this football is such a massive part of your life and the, and, the, and the rivalry culture and all that kind of stuff it's all a big part of it and it's all it, but it should all be funny I don't think you should ever take it too seriously we, we, we jokingly talk about hate I think that gets lost in, 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 for some people I think people don't understand that you can say hate but you don't really mean it I don't I, I hate Manchester I hate Manchester United but I've got friends who are manks who support Man United and I can have I can get on and have a laugh with them it doesn't that's you know true hate is a, is a very 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 ugly thing and it doesn't really it shouldn't really exist truly in football Um so yeah, Sterling, all the best. Um, the, the slight aside from this that, 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 that kind of leads into a story that affected Liverpool this week was the, and I, the, I use the term when I say Liverpool fan. There was a fella, there was a, an absolute knobhead turned up to the Liverpool Legends game, the Liverpool versus Milan Glory, and racially abused a, a family there. He's gone to court. He's got six weeks in prison and a, a fine, and he's been given a twelve-month, one-mile radius of Anfield ban and as a well. Lifetime ban from and by hand, Liverpool have said a lifetime stadium ban as well. Um, I, I, people like people who are like this will ne- it will never compute with me. And it, I hate this. I always hate the whole the excuse of like he said he had seven or eight pints or whatever. Fuck off, mate. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Like the idea that like being a, being a bit pissed absolves you of, of of things is absolute fucking nonsense. But I'm so once again so proud, so made up to see Liverpool taking a zero tolerance approach to this and being like these people don't these people are not Liverpool fans. They might they might follow Liverpool and whatever. We'd rather not. I'd just rather not have them at the fan as a fan. If you want to be a Liverpool fan, well, you're not welcome to be a Liverpool fan because if you're going to be a disgusting human being, that doesn't mesh with what we want to be as a club, what we are as a city. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, and I like as well that the authorities have, have clamped down on that because whether it was a heat of the moment thing or, or whatever, we talked about this when we discussed the Munich stuff last week about harsher punishments. For the for people who break the law around football stops people from from doing stupid things inside football stadiums. Yeah, it, do, it it absolutely does. But you know, I mentioned John Barnes before, and I'll mention it again here because something he says when he speaks about this subject is is that it's not 
it's not actually the consequences of their actions that are going to stop racism. Mm-hmm. It's education. Yeah. And and it's great that the club are doing this because they have to and, and they want to, ultimately. But really what's needed is re-education. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, seven or eight pints might have brought... He might not have said something when it was... When he had no pints in his system. Mm-hmm. And seven, eight pints might be the catalyst for him to say it. But the fact is, he still thought it. Yeah. He'd, think, he'd think it whether he'd had no pints or seven pints. Yeah. It's just whether you're going to vocalise that. And that's what we need to get to the bottom of. We need to scrub it out completely. Yeah. And that is the all done through education. Exactly. You're dead right on the, on the education thing. But the thing is, it's like Liverpool, it's not Liverpool's job to, edu- to, to educate. It's society's job to educate in that regard. So Liverpool, for me, are, are taking the right hard line stance on it. They're saying it's not acceptable. Education needs to follow from from wherever that needs to follow from. But like I, I like I like the message that sends because look, Liverpool Liverpool the, go back to the Luis Suarez thing. It's still the thing that always comes up whenever racism gets mentioned. The easiest these and again this is just fucking banter ammunition thing, which is the worst part about this. Is this is what it's boiled down to is there were people who felt uncomfortable, people of of different race, religion, creed, all that kind of stuff. There were some people who felt uncomfortable coming to Anfield on the back of that because whether Luis Suarez was a racist or not, and there were, you know, look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dive into it because there was plenty of evidence to suggest him he might have because he was kind of sort of proven that way, whatever. That's the perception, and that makes people feel uncomfortable <laughs> coming to Anfield. Then you know, all it takes is that if you if you if you don't take the hard line on that, well, that family's never coming back, never coming back to Anfield, and they tell them it, and then it comes out, well, Liverpool. Basically, it's like you're you're effectively allowing it if you're not ba- if you're not banning it. Um, so no, I, I I'm I'm very pleased that Liverpool have um, have done what they've done. And, and, you know, we've said this a few times over the last couple of months. I'm proud of this club again, mm. and and the way that it's act, you know, the way that the club is acting both on and off the field. It's something to be proud of. It's it's much closer to the values that I hold dear in my life, which is why it's so easy to just fall in love all over again with the yeah. club because they they are moving in the right direction on the pitch and off the pitch. Tolerance, positivity. Atmosphere of support. Um, that's what typifies Liverpool and Liverpool fan base. And I want, and I, you know, get it gets lost sometimes. I think, I think there's a there's a people who, I'm not saying everyone who's from Liverpool necessarily has that, but I think that their core their core values that I think resonates amongst the uh, you know uh, scouts as, as, a, as a whole. And I think there's some people who bring outside influences to that. There's people who, who love to embrace the scouts culture because it's at the heart of what Liverpool Football Club is. But I think there's people who come with with, with outside things, and I think they do. They, they carry people can carry negativity into it in some regard. Um, all that being said, let's talk about Jordan Henderson. Um, while we're talking about people who you know who get obviously get. Unilateral love and support from a Liverpool fan base because there's a man who's never done anything but give us his hundred percent utmost to make Liverpool as good as it can be. Um, something you drew to my attention in the during the international break, Chris. You got a great write up in the um, was it the Independent? Independent? I won't say Independent, but um, it was fantastic. It was like it was somewhat of poetically extolling the virtues of a fifteen minute Jordan Henderson midfield role where he wasn't shackled by being the number six. Um, which I thought was great it because was br- I, it was a yeah. brilliant piece, like yeah. And because I, I love that, I, and we, we to be fair, it was a nice reminder, and it's a reminder from the World Cup. To be fair, because Jordan Henderson won the country over during the World Cup. I think when you're placed alongside Eric Dyer in the midfield, you're going to look very dynamic, <laughs> aren't you? If you're Jordan Henderson in particular, um, but I thought it was great. I, I, what, and I think sometimes we we do this a lot as fans. We kind of put the blinkers on, and we we don't we don't contextualize properly our own our own footballers in in the world so I love seeing people who don't necessarily watch Jordan Henderson 
all of them will maybe carry a that you know see the stigma that maybe gets spread through a lot of you know online online nonsense to be honest i like it when people go in watch him judge him and go yeah good player because that that's that's the nature of what we've got that's his 50th cap for england it's yeah. 50 international caps you can choose to denigrate england all you want won't get away from the fact that 50 caps for your country no at any at any almost any you know, in some countries, it's pretty good. It is, and it's because he's a good player. Mm. You know what I mean? And he's willing to do what the managers want. You know, is it three managers he's now worked under at Liverpool? Or did Kenny sign him, actually? It's Kenny signed him, yeah. Yeah, so so we've had Kenny, Rogers, and um, Klopp. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, three managers have, have all wanted him in their side and stuff like that. So it's clear that he's a good player. We shouldn't forget that. Mm. You know, just because he's doing a job for the team doesn't mean that he can't do certain things. Now, there are parts of his game, and I, listen, people know that I'm a Jordan Henderson fan. There are parts of his game where I'd like him to believe in himself a little bit yeah. more. Because I think sometimes Fabinho has showcased certainly this season that you can be a little bit braver in possession. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that he's not doing a good job. You know, there, there are times when people people go mental about this backwards fucking passion stuff. I'd rather it was pass the ball backwards and keep the ball in attack three times, that left, right, left again, right again, and go through Jordan Henderson, pick the right time to attack and score, then give the ball back because someone's played a 50-yard fucking Hollywood ball and yeah. we give the ball away. Yeah, you know, that, that's not football. That's just fucking chanting. You it's know FIFA what I mean? that, isn't it? Yeah. You know what, I'll give you, I'll give you a, an analogy for it because you know I love an analogy, is the difference between playing... Who wants to be a millionaire in the studio and play it as a computer game? Whether you play it on like a quiz machine in a pub or whatever, you the pressure situation of oh well, fuck it, I'll yeah, just guess. Fuck yeah. it, I'll just guess. You know, you know, I'm fifty grand. You're not guessing. You know what I mean? This is this is and this is this is the, the role every major footballer plays. I'm not talking fifty. I'm talking millions. Every kick of a ball is worth millions of quid because if you're the one who who fucks it up and you, they go down the other end and score and you lose that game and then you get knocked out of a cup or your season falls about blah, blah 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 millions and the hopes of and the hopes and dreams of millions rely on that. We've got no concept of it, you know, so you can afford, when you're playing a computer game, you're watching football, you're, you're, you're playing footy manager, you're playing FIFA, Pro Evo or whatever, you're playing the game yourself in the park or something league, you'll try a pass because you just, that's how you play, you just, you, you've got, you, you, it's a tacit you know, thing that you have amongst yourselves, just try and score loads of goals Back and forth, it, whatever. It, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. We play five aside. We're playing five aside tonight, or whatever. We, we might finish the game and we might have a conversation about it. And I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I scored two goals." And I set you up for one, and you'll be like, "Yeah, I scored three and that." Do we ever talk about the bad things that we do unless you get megged? Unless- you're literally never talking about it, yeah. right? You never you talk about the what the horrendous, genuinely horrendous mistakes, but the amount of casual miscontrols, <laughs> exactly, misplaced yeah. passes. I scored two goals. I touched the ball 107 times, <laughs> and they're the only two good memories I have from things that happened. Yeah. Yet we're not, we're not, the eyes of millions aren't on us going, you played the ball backwards there, what? Hang on a minute, I kept the ball the other time, it just, it just bounced off me and went somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely the things you got to cling to, and that's the thing about it, is that you're right. And look, keep coming down to it. I, I, I'm going to caveat this, I mean, hopefully I'll get to it when I never have to caveat this again. I, I don't think Jordan Henderson's world class, it, it should go without saying. He's not the best player in our team. I think Fabinho's absolutely phenomenal. I think we'll see a world where if we're going to play a lone six, he he's got absolutely all the, all the tools that we need in that in a different way. But um, really good football. Look, look at look at 
how everyone's got rem remembered how good Adam Alana is from two decent performances. Look how people love James Milner because he's just tireless and he puts in a great shift and he's actually got a bit of quality in, in addition to all that. I long for the day when we can just treat Jordan Henderson like that. But, it, but it's so true because, like, you know, Milner can have a really good game and hits, let's say, six bad corners and everyone's just saying he's just had a good game. Yeah. Whereas Henderson doesn't even hit bad balls, yeah. doesn't lose the ball. But we're judging him completely differently for yeah. some reason. Like, it's, it's absolutely mental. And just going back onto the five-a-side thing for later, those two goals that I'm going to score tonight, you have to say after the game, Chris, but you spent five minutes trying to suck air in through your mouth because you were dying on the floor. <laughs> yeah, so, no, Jules Henderson didn't get to go and go for a breather yeah, for a exactly. bit and then not save the ball, you know, and get away with not diving because you've got cause just, just so you can get you can suck a bit of fucking air into your fucking. Jules Henderson's not lungs. calling time on ninety and walking off the pitch because yeah, he's goose like me. Exactly, like oh no extra time because done, lads. The next I'm, watching lads. The, I'm watching the clock on fifty nine. Go oh, come on, come on, game over, lads. We're oh, out of oh, here. because the next lads have got the, uh, 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 at the hour. The next lads are calling the time, lads. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's bullshit, isn't it? I love it. The point is, and we're going to talk about this. You know, the, what I want to talk about is time to enjoy the lads we've got and 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 the running and whatever, which we'll talk about in a second. Because um, we should. Let's. Let's try our best. Look, we're out of the we're out of the doldrums here. Our, our seasonal affective disorder should have faded nicely because we're starting to get a little bit of sunshine. You know, lighter nights are coming in and all that stuff. And the Reds are in uh, are on for the double. So let's get excited and talk about that. But in a second, um, we've got more news, including the. Um, we didn't that that is the Moreno to Barcelona links. Um, the Reds News Roundup show uh, is on the RedmenTV.com. Steve Hawes. He said what? Yeah, I know. Moreno. Yeah, I to know. Barcelona. Yeah, it's just it's just a just a, an upgrade on Jordi Albert, isn't he? No, 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 no. Um, there was a time. It gives hope to us all. I'm, I'm listen, Ray. I'm available if you want me in the summer. Yeah. What position? Left back. In the changes. Hey. hey. Um, yeah. So there's that. We, uh, Steve's going to talk about that and a, and a whole host of other things as well. So if you want a, a real in-depth fix of Liverpool news, get over to the RedmanTV.com. Watch that show. And um, before we crack on and talk about how amazing things are, and how we're going to have a boss time between now and May. Um, this week's sponsor, Chris. It's Tokyo Time, Tokyo again. Time once again. And once again, you can get 20% off. The caps are absolutely belted. The hair underneath is not. The <laughs> it is not. That's why it helps with the caps belter. belter. Well, that's it. Like, look at that little sumo man there. Isn't he gorgeous? The patches are incredible, actually. The stitching on them is something else. Like, um, they're helping to support us. Uh, and if you're in a position, you like the caps and you can support them, then please do go over and support them. There's 20% discount for Redmen TV subscribers as well. You don't even have to be a subscriber. You can just be watching this video but you should be a subscriber. It will enrich your life. Uh, that code is REDMEN20. Uh, you can put that in on checkout for 20% off. Uh, it's Tokyo bit.ly forward slash Tokyo time underscore REDMEN TV. And I am going to showcase you some of their fantastic caps right now. So we've got the rising sun cap here. We've got Mr. Sumo himself. We've got the Sumo camouflage. We've got that blue and pink one that we mentioned the other week. Let me show you one of my personal favourites, that triple black cap or whatever it is. The one That's that you gorgeous, were desperate like. for everyone to vote for the other week. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and, and never did. that's absolutely gorgeous. That green one is really, really fit as well. The Tokyo Time Heritage Cap, green, white, black. You can see that one there. That's absolutely gorgeous. And then there are actually a sponsor from the um, uh, British Basketball League as well. I, I love that one. That's only 15 quid. There I hope you, you get your 20% off with that one. That's really nice as well. So, so yeah, Paul, who's in charge of the co company, it, it's like a, it's a Northwest, it's, we're all based Liverpool based um, company. 
he's such a nice guy like and he, he's doing such a good job for us and we've actually got a competition running next week as well so keep your eyes peeled for that because we're getting some proper red men tv hats made up from tokyo time so yeah honestly keep your eyes peeled but these designs are belts and you should absolutely get involved yeah brilliant and i i just as, as alluded to earlier you know what the, the, why I mean, I don't get as as a man with great hair. I don't get this as much. It's <laughs> terrible, at it. But uh, you know, when you see someone and you're like, "What? You look dead cool," and then they take the they take the hat off and you realise how either horrendously bald or whatever. Not wrong with being bald, by the way. But you know, people look cool. Some people just look cooler in headgear. I give you a great example of that: Hulk Hogan. Look, you know, Hulk Hogan just looked like a peak physical conditioned human being until the bandana came off. So you know what? You can you de-age yourself. You make yourself look cooler. You make yourself look better. I'm, and this is the more of a, a, a general you. I'm looking at you. I'm not saying it's not relevant to you, but you get you get what I'm saying. You know, and I think I think it suits you. Mean you mean I can cover up the bald and stuff over here with the cap? Yeah, absolutely. See. Works a treat, and it's breathable as well, so it's not gonna it's not gonna exacerbate the problem any. And you're not gonna have to spend eight quid on men's hair or grey hair or whatever it's called every week. Men's hair. I don't know. It's some kind of dye, and the stuff that Chen like, Tosin uses to spray know, on yeah, his probably, head. We're yeah. told. Um, brilliant. Yes. Bit.ly forward slash Tokyo Time underscore Redmen TV. The link will be in the descriptions underneath, etc. Check out our Twitter as well. And, and you can uh, click that little eye in the corner if you want as well. Ooh. Okay. Let's talk about it then, Chris. Uh, the title I got for this bit is just like you know, time to enjoy the lads we've got. I this is this is it for me. I feel refreshed, a nice little break from from footy. Obviously, we'll talk about Spurs. We'll lead into the into the Tottenham chat, of course. But um, we're in sight. The the finish line is right there. It's, you know, it's, we're looking down this stretch. Is there? Yes, there's hurdles between now and there. Yes, we might we might stumble. Yes, we might not be the first one to get there. But my God. I have. This is what we should be for right here, right now. Let's put up park all this title, this talk of whether we need the title or the all this bullshit around the way bottling and all that. Liverpool are in the race. We are in the hunt. We are in the running for this stage of the season. This is exactly the conversation in the bracket of where Liverpool Football Club should be. Absolutely. And listen, as a fan, it doesn't get any better than this. I think it's key that this international break happens at this time of year because, uh, you know, without it, I might, I might literally have no hair. I'd be, pu- I'd be pulling it out at the moment. So I've needed these couple of weeks to just get myself ready and and the team look like they've enjoyed themselves on the break. You've seen players over in Dubai. You've seen Salah on beaches, right? And you'll never walk alone and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So they look like they're fresh and they're going to be coming back ready for the battle because this is seven huge games in the Premier League, potentially another five in the Champions League. Yeah. And it's a month and a half. This is it now. This is why they play football. This is why we support our team. We want to be winning titles and trophies at the end of the season. And, and there's no more exciting time to be a football fan than going into every single game. And we t- we take the piss out of this every week on the build-up show, saying biggest game of the season. Mm-hmm. Fuck me, this is the best season for that because right. it has every literally game. been the biggest game of the season every single week. It doesn't matter who you're playing, the points get harder to come by and yet we're still here. They can't get rid of us <coughs> and our team's coming back into fitness. 
absolutely superb. We're just going to get better between now and the end of the season. I truly believe that. The thing I think really important about this, and, and it, what this is, this is the perfect time. This little break was the perfect time, I think, to take a little bit of stock. And you can look back and you look at who the that the heroes and the ups and downs of this season have been. You know, like we've gone through patches where starts of the season, Mo Salah's absolutely the main man. He's coming, firing on all cylinders again. Look, he's been in a, in a, in a bit of a let's use the word for the sake of it, a bit of a drought of goal scoring. But I think his form's largely been okay in, in that period. In the meantime, Sadio Mane has absolutely exploded onto another level. Roberto Firmino's been ticking along nicely. I think you start, we're starting to see a bit better from him as well, particularly now that we've, we looks like we've gone back to, to 4-3-3. We've got Fabinho fully settled in. We've got, we've got a, a, the ability to rotate the midfield. Adam Lallana's coming completely out the cold, and now we're looking at, I think a lot of us would be like, he's probably in our first choice midfield. All of a sudden, Genie Van Adam's having a revelation. There's there's lots of ups and downs in individual stories, this thing. And I think the story, the, the example stories of Adam Lallana, Divacarie, and we forget about him, but Daniel Sturridge should give us so much encouragement between now and the end of the season. And I think we need to buy into this holistic. Get behind every single lad who pulls that shirt on. Because if you're the only people who've got the ability to to win anything for Liverpool this season are the lads who are currently registered in Liverpool squads. The lads who Jürgen Klopp is going to, pull, to pick to pull on those shirts. It might come from an unlikely source, is what I'm kind of driving at. So any notions you have of not liking players or whatever, tell you what, Parkham. Yeah, Parkham. You picked them, but listen, by all means, get you know, if we get knocked out of the competition, you can do it a bit Champions League, you can do it a bit earlier, but if we get all the way, you, June. 2nd of June, by all means, feel free to pick them up at the door as you're leaving the season. But you know what? Parkham for now, put them in the locker, put, put them on lockdown, forget about them for a bit, because they've let, let Daniel Sturridge started the game against Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League at Anfield. We were panicking because Roberto Firmino obviously had his eye poked out against Spurs. And Danny Sturridge comes in as a great game scores. He then comes off the bench against Chelsea in the, in the league, scores a goal and wins, wins a point for us there. Divock Origi was sat in the room with Bailey Shaw, who's got Divock tattooed on his thigh because of this. And who would have thought we'd have been saying that even, you know, six months ago, seven months ago, whatever. And now we're in obviously a, situa- a situation with Adam Lallana. I mean, for a start, look, if you like making a rub for your back, by all means, feel free to be a bell and, and, can keep, and keep slagging people off. But, Chris, title races and title stories are filled with these little subplots that go with it. And they have to be yeah. because, you know, it's a team sport first and foremost and it's a nine-month-old slog of a team sport and a season and stuff. And you're looking at it and you start to yourself, well, you know, it's it's essentially a relay race for us right now, mm. and and there's a baton been passed around, and Mo Salah's had the baton at points this season, and Virgil Van Dijk's pretty much not let go of the baton. He's mm. just running around with everybody else. Everyone's who's, just who's running around back. And yeah, he's you know what I mean. And, and Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold, and you've had James Milner, Wijnaldum, Fabinho's coming from the cold. Sadio Mane's holding it above his head now, sprinting down the final hundred meters, trying to get to that finish line. That's what it is. That's why you have so many people in your squad. We've got to embrace that. We've got to use that. We've got to yeah. support that yeah. process because we've seen and we've been told for so long now that you need a squad to win, win the Premier League we've been getting told that since the late 90s maybe the mid 90s something like that you can't win it with just 11 players anymore mm-hmm. and yet as a as a person and I'm not talking for a fan base or anything I'm talking for me still that doesn't that doesn't compute yeah. at times 
but it is. And it's it always about to. best 11 and all exactly. that kind of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's and, always in our mentality. And yet we've been getting told this for 20 years, and it's only now that we're actually in a proper title challenge that you can look around, take a little bit of stock, and of course... Because we wouldn't be here without Divock Origi scoring a 90th minute winner. That December doesn't happen without that. Shakiri coming in and getting two goals against Manchester United. All of these things feed into the next thing. And that's what we're here for at the moment. And who's going to pick up that baton next? When Sadio Mane stumbles, who's going to be there to grab it off him and take the team forwards? And who's going to be there behind them? Well, us as fans and Jürgen Klopp as the manager. Alberto Moreno. No, he's running to Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, that, that's the thing. It's, uh, he's a city a few days out from the Spurs game and, and what have you, full of optimism and all that. I'll get nervous as that approach. But that's perfectly natural. I, you know, it's worth it. It's worth it's, a, it's, a, it's an expression you've used on stuff for, uh, for a number of years. It's like it's how, feeling alive, knowing you're alive when you get emotional, you get something emotional out of something. You know that that's what that's what life is. If you're dead inside and these things don't matter, there is a there's a point there is a there's a degree of football fandom that is a bit conscripted. It's a bit like you do it because you have to do it. And you know, that with but we're through that part, we're through that part of the season. We're actually through that era of Liverpool, to be perfectly honest. And as much as we can half back to the disappointments we've experienced, and I, look, I said it, I said it. Time it stood in my seat in Kiev last year. Liverpool need to get out the habit of breaking my heart. Absolutely, you know we do, we we need to get over, over the hump and over the line. But there is that you know I think you mentioned as well. There's an entitlement thing. Liverpool, we just need to continue to be in these conversations, and we need to remember that we're not so far removed from being in none of these conversations. Never our season. Too many times in the last fifteen years, more than really, has been over by January. You know you're out of the cups. By you have, you've either not qualified for Europe, or and you're out you're out of the FA Cup and the League Cup come January, and you're seventh in the league, and yeah. your only goal is to maybe squeak into fourth place. Well, fuck that! I'd rather die on my feet than keep living on my knees. You know what I mean? And that that's the thing. You know, at Liverpool, who are in this in this hunt, this is relish it. We'll look back on it, regardless of how stressful this is. Know that you know if if we get the results that we're hoping for at the end of the season. We're going to look back on this season. We're going to forget how stressful this season was. And we're going to tell our grandkids how amazing it was and how brilliant this Liverpool side was. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going to forget how stressful this season was, but I am going to be referring to it, whether we win the league or not, as the springboard for this period of success. Yes. But it's one of those, but it's all those things. thing is, you never remember. Nostalgia is, is you know, and memories. It's just, you, you always forget the hard part, the hard parts of it. Not the, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> but think, to go back to your childbirth thing, it's a reason why people have, have more children because women don't remember just how painful. That's, that's what happens. That's, yeah, yeah. They forget, they forget how horrendous it pain. Yeah, they forget, they genuinely forget that it's the most horrendous experience of their lives. That's why childbirth's harder for men than it is for women, by the way, just to bring this whole order stuff back up again. Because I remember every, every horrendous little thing. No, um, we will. We, you know, we'll, we won't remember. We won't, you know, all the, we might remember that it was stressful, but we won't remember how horrendous this has been on a week in, week out basis. It'll just be what it'll be. So yeah, plenty of things to be optimistic about. And as I say, it doesn't mean that we've got to sit there with a fake smile, plus like, yeah, everything's fucking great. No, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be fucking horrible, but are you up for it? Absolutely. I'm up for it. You are up. Bailey, you up for it? What? If you're not up for it, go home. Fuck off. What if they're at home? And, and put the quilt over your head and just fucking, just sleep till fucking June and then let us tell you all about it after the fact and you know what? You'll be dead sad that you missed out. 
fear of missing out is a big thing these days, I think. It is. And, um, you know, that's what that's all it'll be. Just got to fucking suck it up and embrace it and know that it is hard. It is ludicrously hard. No but one's this will be the norm next point. year. Yeah. We'll, we'll have gone through this. Because that's the thing. You do something for the first time, as a fan, you do mm. something for the first time. The next time it just becomes easier. And this Liverpool, it will be it will be easier next next year because we'll we'll be used to it, we'll be ready for it, and you know what, we'll be defending our title. <laughs> um, we did a fantastic show over the RedmenTV.com last week called the Running Special. And uh, me, Stan Ross did. It was actually well over an hour in the end. We looked at Liverpool's remaining fixtures, Man City's remaining fixtures, factored in Champions League, factored in travel, factored in the opponents that we were going to be facing along the way and looked into how the rest of the season is going to break down and what that means for our chances domestically and in Europe as well and where the, where the potential pitfalls are for both us and for Manchester City. I felt a million times better of it. We've had loads of great feedback on it uh, from our subscribers. If you've watched it or listened to it, let us know in the comments so people can, can hear about it. But do get on that. If you're not really sure and you need a little bit of a, a cuddle through it, we've got you covered. This is what we do. We don't get to do it very often. We've been doing this fucking show for like 10 years and this is only the second title challenge we've had in that period. Um, so... You know, we, 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 we need help. We need to guide through. We talk ourselves through it and we'll talk you through it as well. So get over to redmentv.com. The running special is in particular is a belter, but all the content we're doing at the moment, we will help you. We'll get you through it, guys. We're in this together. We've got a boss little community going on there. Um, so, yeah, come and join us in that regard. Uh, Chris, Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. I... The more I've rallied myself for this. I was prepared for a bit of like, oh, my God, this is really hard game to come back to. But now I'm feeling pumped. I'm, in some regards, and bear with me on this because this is absolute nonsense, but you to try and take my meaning on this, I would actually much rather play Spurs now than Fulham because Spurs is a game that you can get up for, you can get pumped for, big atmosphere, no excuses, Anfield, all that kind of stuff. This is going to be a big game of football. I trust Liverpool in in big games when we've got, when we've got Anfield behind us. Um we should just be dead excited about the fact that Spurs are coming up against us at the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the form that they've been in as well hasn't mm. been great. You know, um, I'm not, I'm not saying Liverpool guarantee are guaranteed to win the three points because I don't think that's the case. Yeah, of course, no one can say that. but they've lost the last three away games. Mm. You know what I mean? And you can look at it both sides there, can't you? You can look at it. They're struggling away from home, or they're going to bounce back at some point. But I, I tend to go with the, you know, previous form is is the best indicator of. What's going to happen in the future? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the case. It, you know, it just—it's obvious, isn't it? It's why we look at the last six yeah. form. You know what I mean? It, it just—it's like you know, you, we don't put it there so you can ignore it and think that they're going to change. Yeah. It's there because it's indicative of how their form has been. Has been. They've lost three of the last five games of football. They've lost to uh, like Southampton. They drew with Arsenal in there. I think they lost to Chelsea as well. Yeah. So they're, they're Burnley, Burnley as well. So they're in. They're not in great form. Um, and this Liverpool side, you know. There was that four-one um, result last season at their place. There was was it two all we drew with them at Anfield last season. It was oh the the, the, the was, late penalty when, was, when the greatest goal scored in the history of the Premier League by Mohamed Salah was completely consigned to the bin of history because no one remembers it because because they got a fucking dodgy penalty this season. Exactly. Yeah. So we deserve that. I think Klopp's generally speaking had the better of Pochettino when the two managers have come together, uh, and I believe that Liverpool will get the best out of it because Liverpool are fighting for something more than just fourth place. I think we've done a really good job in recent weeks to varying degrees but I think the atmosphere has been much improved across the board I think it goes back to Bournemouth was it when we made a big like a line was drawn in the stands Bayern Cop made a big stand and said right come on we've got a title to win let's everyone get involved 
I, even though it's not been phenomenal, we're not talking City Champions League, you know, kind of Roma kind of kind of atmospheres. They've been better. There's been there's been an uptick in them certainly. That's why I, I'm glad that it's a big team here. I think this this is a, a great way to light a fire under the rest of the, the campaign to give us a give us. We say it after every international break, don't we? We say you got to set the tempo for the next eight game, eight to ten games here. And Spurs is a brilliant one for us in that regard. You know, in the same way that coming out the international break and was it November or something? You know that that game before the Everton game. I forget I forget which team it was. Set the tempo for that one, mm-hmm. and that's what we've got to look at these as. And you know. All these players will know that Spurs is coming up next, and they'll be relishing that because yeah. that's what they that's what they're in it for. Yeah. They want to be able to beat good teams and good players and play the best players and and, and you know w- just smash them everywhere. That's what they're in it for. They'll get up for that with no problem whatsoever. Yeah. And that confidence should, we should be able to take from a victory against Spurs into the next game against Southampton and into Porto. It's the thing for me is that that the, the creating of an atmosphere thing. You you just resetting the bar. We're coming in now. You can you can draw a nice line. And go look. There's no more distractions now. You know because there's no more like let's be honest. Like the Champions League last sixteen, and some people kind of uh, took umbrage with this. And I kind of want to mention it in the past, but it was a bit of a distraction. It was a welcome distraction to be honest. And no one's ever really you know wasn't looking to to downplay the importance of the European Cup. But the league is. You know there'll be people who disagree, but I think for most of us of a certain age, particularly. The league is all I'm, I'm. The thing I'm most interested, in, not maybe all I'm interested. In, that's shifted now that I, I can see how close you know the, the, the European Cup is, of course. But you know, this is and it now. Route to the final. Yeah, definitely. But this is the this is it now. This is this is that this is that block. This is the final big one, big massive block of fixtures, of course. And I and you can say yeah, let's get into Anfield. I, I just worry that you know if it had been a. You know, like a full. You know, if we had if we had Fulham and Anfield, or we had Huddersfield this week, or whatever, we've got to really. You know, we it, it's a, a bit much. Whereas it's just what do you think no excuses. The, the, the Bournemouth game was different because it was. I think I remember coming out like saying that's the best Saturday three o'clock against a non-top six side I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, now. You have to kind of force those Saturdays at three for whatever. I don't know what the reason is. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just because it's in the middle of your day and it completely scuppers your morning and your evening yeah. and you can't get blotto. Um, but Sunday at 4.30 is a completely different proposition. Yeah. Just because it's been moved to that, it's something you say, this is, this is a big game anyway. Yeah. Then the fact that it's Spurs coming to town, yeah. the fact that we smashed them last time in their ground as well, that you know they've got their eyes on the Champions League as well. It's very easy to get up for Spurs and add to that the level of import that we're placing on the Premier League this season. And my word, hopefully the atmosphere should just be up there. I think it's one of them, isn't it? I think the, the problem with Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs is ultimately if you're playing at Saturday 3 o'clock, it's because you're playing in a game that's not big enough to be televised. So inevitably you end up against these teams that are traditionally teams that we feel that we should be beating, go back to that entitlement. And we're better later in the day. Yeah, true, true enough. And that's one you know, of the things that I'm sure you covered it on the running special. There's no early games no more. That's it. You got a four thirty, two eight to four thirty, and eight four o'clock, eight, and then two threes to end the Fridays season. Fridays in there as well, like you I know, know. I love Friday. A little bit of pressure like... on Manchester City in those weekends as well. Yeah, because that's about the time when they start playing some big sides it's as well, isn't it? And this is the thing. One thing we covered in that running was like, on paper, our fixtures are much more difficult than Man City's in the next three. Real test for us coming up in different ways. You know, you might see people might look at Southampton and go, "Oh, well, it's Southampton. We, you know, we don't have an amazing record against Southampton. We don't have an amazing record at St Mary's, so it's a, it's a thing." 
you'd rather be playing. We've then got we've obviously got Cardiff and Huddersfield to come on the back of them. You'd just rather have the teams that are, are almost certainly going to get relegated. Of course, you would. Just it's a it's a bit of a no brainer. But if we get through this little spell with as many points as possible, and look. I, I see no sense in talking less than nine. It's not the same. We guarantee that, as you as you said before, no guarantees of nine, of course. But if you can, if we can live in a world where Liverpool get nine points out of that, that sets us up so nicely moving forward. And as I say, having lit that touch paper, we go to Anfield. It's just a there's no thought required. That's why I like it. Is that we don't need doesn't need to be tons of pre planning going into this on Sunday. You're right. It's a, it's an afternoon fixture. It's a big game. It's a big rival. It's a chance for us to show them because. I, we can always go on a bit. A chance this, to go back top. Well, this, this you'd probably you'd probably guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if Man City be Fulham, we're vying for that first place in the league yeah. all of a sudden. So and there's it, that level. That's a little wrinkle as well. There's the thing about the, the Spurs stuff where I remember getting asked. Ball Street wants to do a video. I think it was like this time last year about the rivalry between Liverpool and Spurs. Not a rivalry. It, precisely, and it was because I think there's some, maybe maybe there's some Liverpool fans who think that. I wonder whether there's people who live in London. Maybe in Liverpool fans, you maybe have this because you, you just interact with people. I don't really know many Spurs fans. I know one, maybe two, a couple. I don't really have any have that relationship with them. I don't really think about Tottenham Heather. But there is a, a little bit of that thing of if you've met up into Spurs. There was that post from Fighting Cock, wasn't there? Which is, I mean, you've done a collab with this week, which is very good. But they did this post about something about like the amount of times they finished the ball in Liverpool in recent seasons. They knew that. I never think about that. I don't think. I don't think we finished below Spurs. I think we finished below Man United, Man City, whatever. Spurs don't factor into my into my thinking. But with that being said, there's a 16 point gap I think between us and them at the moment. 15, I think, but but that's <laughs> that's. How we feel it should be, because rightly or wrongly, and look, their state, the new stadium looks great, and they've got a great team, they've got a great manager, they've got some fantastic players. They're a bloody good side, Tottenham Hotspur, and they deserve to be respected in that regard. There's nothing dislikable for me really about 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 Tottenham in that regard. But Liverpool should be a should, you know, and that's not, yeah, you, look, you don't need to put them. You don't need to do this. They, they should. And yeah. they are yeah. a bigger football and club. This is what it is. It's a chance for all and of us to show And there's pretty much no chance of that ever changing. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. You know, form form temporary classes permanent, as, as they say. But that's a little thing. Another thing that's underlying there is that look, Liverpool, Spurs have fallen off the title race. Spurs should Spurs should be in the t- in title in, in in the contention because they've been built. They're a year or more on the cycle. Ahead of us. This is the. This is. I was actually talking to Flav about this before, and I, I disagree with that. And what I was saying to Flav is, yous were six, seven years ago. You were two years further ahead, and we were always seem to be two years behind. Like we were, we were on a path that you were ploughing. Yeah. And it wasn't until the stadium started to get built that we've managed to claw that back and overtake you, in my opinion. And he was like, yeah, that's kind of right. That Because all their money was getting siphoned off into this, and they were told that you know, their transfers being ring-fenced and all this type of stuff. But the reality of the situation is there's a finite amount of capital you can put into a football club yeah. nowadays for most of us um, with FFP and stuff. And you know Tottenham Hotspur are abiding by those rules, you would guess. And we've, we've been able to use that time that they're focusing on this to be able to go and be a big club forever. Absolutely, and yeah. that's what we've done is we've clawed ahead of them. And yeah. now they're looking at us going, shit, to improve, we need to spend £75 million on a defender and we don't have that money anymore. Um, so we're just not going to buy anyone. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, the point the point remains is that they, 
outside factors and outside uh, you know the, the factors they've chosen to do that to, to build themselves up is that the life cycle of a team is that they you don't go from being nearly you know from being in the top three to being you know if you slip out if, if you're dropping in the league if you're going backwards in terms of points that's not what's meant to happen that's that's Tottenham underperforming for whatever reason whether it's under investment or poor management or blah 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 they're, 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 they're a fucking good side but it's up to Liverpool now it's all for nothing if we can't go that step further and cement it because there's a reason that gap exists there's a reason Liverpool have, are taking a title challenge into the final furlong of, of, of a season because we're really good we are one of the two best teams in the country if we want to continue to be that then we need to go out there. And we need to, you know, set up against Tottenham. And we need to go and prove it. You know, you know. And look, Spurs will be able to prove the, the reverse issue. They'll be able to go. Well, yeah, we don't yeah. want to well, ask well, for this. Well, if we had, yeah, yeah. But if we had, if we had a bit more resources at Liverpool, we would be back up there. They're out to disprove all the, the things. They're out to prove that they are a, a really good side because the the vultures are circling a little bit around them. And the the London thing adds so much pressure on that because you see, you just don't want to get embroiled and all that shit. I think I find it all very weird because it's not a culture that we, you know, we, we, we exist in. So it's hard to kind of put me myself in that world. But the weirdness and the bitterness and the rivalry that exists in amongst, you know, Tottenham, Arsenal and actually Man United because I guess it's probably because most Man United fans are on the same street. I'd hate to support a club in London and live in London because... It just seems like every fucking two weeks you got a derby, and that's a stressful fucking thing. <laughs> a derby, like two, two, like we got four of them a year, yeah. pretty much. You got two yeah. with Everton and two with Manchester United, and they're horrendous. Yeah. The week before it is fucking horrendous. And if you lose the game the week after, it's fucking horrendous. Yeah. You just gotta get out a derby every fucking two weeks. There's Fulhams, there's yeah. Palaces, and they all up the game because it's a fucking London well, derby. You can win West your derby. And, you can win your derby. You can win the North London derby, and then they bump into the Chelsea fan in the streets, and he's going, "Hey, we're above you in the league." You're like, oh fuck <laughs> off, mate. Every time the sun, honestly, like you're kidding me, fucking horrendous. Yeah, it's it's up. Yeah, what you want, lads, is a derby that you never lose. Just, just saying, (laughs) that's what you kind of want. Honestly, like Arsenal fans remember what that feels like. I suppose to be to be fair, like, but uh, and Chelsea fans to be to be fair as well. But no, getting getting back to it, look, Spurs, no mugs. The form thing is is a source of encouragement, but it offers it really it doesn't give me. Well, they've, had a, they've had a break, yeah, as exactly, well, exactly. And look, within that time, they've also demolished Borussia Dortmund, which shows that. And we've talked about this a lot. Paul Tompkins does some great stuff on this about how you, it's a, to paraphrase or to shorten it down, it's how you have to kind of position your eggs in various baskets when you get to the business end of the Champions League. We've seen Liverpool do it. It's cost us so many points in, in seasons gone by. We know that their squad is not quite, not, doesn't quite possess the depth that us and, us and, and certainly City have. So you can see how their focus could shift entirely on, on, on the Dortmund stuff and maybe the league is just becoming slightly less surprising. I hope that continues. I would prefer to play this game in, a, in like in a week or two's time when maybe their attentions were focused on Manchester City a little bit more. But I mean, Yeah, th- that, that game in the middle of the two... City, uh, City games would have been perfect yeah. for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, unfortunately, Palace have got that. But it's a derby, Paul, so the fuck died away. Yeah, absolutely. But the um, so I hope that um, uh, yeah, I, I, I hope. Yeah, I just I just hope that we we batter Tottenham everywhere because I don't really want to have to think about them anymore. To be perfectly honest. Um, I um, yeah, we're gonna do a bit more on this. We'll do the build-up show. Uh, we're filming it. I mean, not that you care if you're listening or watching. We're doing it just after this, but it'll be out on the YouTube channel. I think Thursday. So get involved with that. Question time, then, Chris Billy Clark, Clarky Bills. 
Klopp is your dad, Virgil is your husband, or Trent is your son. Only choose one. Trent is my son. I've gone with Trent as my son because I feel like the other ones are you can only I mean you can only really have one dad and I really like my dad. And you can only marry one person and I really like my wife. And but you can have multiple sons and it not really impact that. So I just But I, you do love your son. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, well the point is, is I can have you can, <laughs> just that you'd mentioned it about your dad and your wife and you didn't. You can have it. Sometimes many... it's not the things that you say, it's the things that you don't say. Exactly. Just, just put it out there in case Jack ever watches this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well if he if he's you know, if he's inte- if he's intelligent, which he is, he'll understand the meaning of what I was driving at rather than interrupt. Oh hello. Um, um, so the reason that I went I didn't go for Clopper's my dad is you know I want to get the most out of this um, fantasy sort of relationship as possible right so and what sex partner or something no like. no no no. as no. fancy as it's not going to happen oh, right. not, not as a sexual fantasy Paul you weirdo um, but I'm just not going to have that much time with Clopper's my dad whereas I'm going to get hopefully a good 40-50 years of Trent being my son and the reason I don't want Virgil is I just you know I'm, I, I love my wife man I just love my wife. You just fine. Look, be, you just like, and I'm not sure I'm enough man for Virgil anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just like you know, like you know, you, 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 you love your wife and look, you know, being gay, is fine. Everyone could be gay. It's great. You just love your wife and Virgil would make give you confused feelings. And that no, might, I don't that think might, he would give me confused feelings. There'd be no confusion. Sorry, it's over. Absolutely no confusion because. It wouldn't be. It would be a one-way relationship. Virgil would love me, but I wouldn't love him back. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Cool. Poor old me. <laughs> I see it. I feel like you're saying those words, but I don't feel there's any truth behind those words. Listen, Virgil, Virgil Van Dyke makes Virgil me feel put, feelings that I didn't Virgil know Van I contained. Virgil Van Dyke put his arm around me, and I was safe. Shall we say? <laughs> did he? How did he smell? Fantastic, but that's beside the point. Um, but semi. No, no, he's allowed. He used to play football with him. Semi. Yeah. Okay. Don Austin Boy, you played for Liverpool. I'm talking about how hard your penis was. Ah, right. Generally speaking, soft. In that particular instance, when they soft it up, soft. Yeah, it was. It was difficult though because you know there was a lot of people around. Performance anxiety. I think so. Stage fright. Some people will call it. <laughs> it's like when you go to the toilet and you just stood there going, "Well, I definitely needed a piss." If not, what are you else. doing? Is it just because everybody else is stood next to me here, like Trent Alexander Arnold as my son? Because Let's face it, that lad's got a very long and prosperous career in the game. Yeah, and you could siphon some of those funds for yourself. And you'd just be mega rich for that, wouldn't you? Like, so yeah, I'd take, I'd take that. And he's a, he's, he's a nice lad as well. Um, Shane B. Van Wy. Um, top three transfers out, Liverpool, that broke your heart. Okay, three, three to one. Torres mm-hmm. to Chelsea. Yeah. Your number three? I haven't done them in that order. Give us one of your picks. Pepe Reina to Bayern Munich. Oh, okay. You know why? No, but you're going to tell me, I'm sure. Absolutely. I didn't ask, by the way, just for the record. Who cares? Apparently not you. <laughs> um, I remember watching him in pre-season uh, over, over in Boston. He, he'd come back from his loan to, to Napoli. And I was thinking, oh, we might get something out of him. Having him there in rotation, let's be honest, he's better than Mignolet, etc., etc. And then we just sold him. Because he would be, whether, you know, there's a major issue around him. We were paying him far too much money or whatever. But I'd, at any point, I'd have had Pepe Reina back in a heartbeat. I'd still have him back. If we weren't convinced, if Mignolé wants to go and we think Caddy's is a broken human being, Pepe's not going to get out of game for Milan this season. But I, just to have him as a backup goalkeeper and have him around, 
that's all Spain did. Spain didn't need him to be a useful goalkeeper. Yeah. And he, they just won everything with him there. He's the, the ultimate compere, the ultimate hype man. I'd, uh, so, yeah, I was a bit sad when Pepe... Pepe on the plane was that, always something that I wanted. Yeah. He was just fantastic, wasn't he? Yeah, he was great. He'd be a great mighty red as well, I think. <laughs> um, McManaman to Real Madrid. Oh, really? I that I never that, one, that never that never broke hurt about me up because it, we I hated him by the time he by the time he left so it was why it, did you hate him because he chose because he chose to, that's to leave it that, thing, that's like. it but, but it was it ruined football then because <laughs> it was a fucking Bosman ruling yeah you know what I mean and it was like is this the future of what this shit's gonna be and it was it was a real like tipping point for me where I was like he was one of my favourite players in the side he was absolutely fucking superb and not only that he's not just fucking gone he's hanging round and I know he's going and that that was just a drawn out process where it was like nine months fuck sakes man yeah we had the back half of the season of like is he putting us all in because he's it's going horrible. and all that. Horrible. He was basically our best player. He was, know, and it was so that was yeah, was, it was horrible. It's weird, I, 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 and that was I, modern football. I forget about, I, I forget Steve McManaman exists. Like it's weird, like that. Like you know, I go back and I watch how he was, and when I remember him, great. I don't know what it was. It's weird how, yeah. Some players, some players, yeah, some players you just get it for, and some players you just don't get it for. So right? Shane proffered this one, but I agree completely. Torres to Torres to Chelsea, yeah. Is my next one. That was the that was the and that was the final one. To be honest, that was the last time I I felt a genuine genuinely crestfallen and a footballer leaving. It was because we got we just got Kenny in and we had Suarez lined up, um, and it was like oh, Suarez and Torres. That's it. That's the forward line to take us back to the top. We just started as well because Torres had been shit that season. And he hadn't been, he hadn't looked physically right. He had his injury problems, but he looked like he got a smile back. He was just starting to get more out of him, and um, and then for him to go and then he did that interview. And I honestly think like he didn't think it never entered his head. The that Liverpool TV fans one. would see the Chelsea TV interview. So we did the big thing about how he joined the top level club, and that was like ah. Oh. At two, Fernando, um, which is why I did the parody video of him when I absolutely fucking slaughtered him, like um, at the at the time. But yeah, no, that was that was the that that did that did break my heart. And the one that hurt the most of all of them, Fowler to lead. I'll be Fowler to lead. Yeah, completely, completely agree on that. That was never been more than that, you know. And I'm sure there's will be people of a younger generation for whom Torres will be that for them. But you and maybe Michael Owen or or, or whatever, but. Farley, for a young lad in, in and around our lad. age group, growing up in Liverpool, Farley was it, wasn't he? The the, the 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 icon, the player we all wanted to be, the one we all related to the most. He was living the, the dream. And Gerard will be it for, again for a slightly younger generation. And we had Gerard in that regard. But it's hard to imagine that lad who's when we were a bit we were like 11, 12, 13, growing up as he was as he was just starting to really find his footing. And this the talk to Terra that being the best centre forward, the best natural finisher in, in in the game. And he was ours was yeah, so when he left was fucking horrendous. But he could And the played. fact that I was in fucking Leeds and I come out the train station and there's the club shop with Fowler eleven on the back and I was just like, I just want to go home, man. Yeah. Just want to go home. You've you've done me in. Yeah. It was twenty seven, but that's fine. The, um, the note 11 was how much they signed him for. That's why they had that in the window. Uh, sound. Okay. The um, 
Let us know yours in the comment section underneath the, the top three transfers out that broke your heart. And we've got loads of questions coming up on the bonus Q&A over on the RedmanTV.com. This podcast continues. So if you want more from us, uh, we've got questions from LSE Family. Uh, talking about the Anfield extension uh, and we, what we know or don't know about that. Um, if we're trapped on a top floor of a building and ninjas are on their way to attack us, what Liverpool player, current or ex, and football-related weapon we want to fight them off? Uh, who we have to put in goal with the last kick of the game if we need to throw an, in, an outfield player in goal in the last game of the season? And a whole host I think of we both know the answer to that. And is. the opinion on playing crisps. Um, get over to redmentv.com, sign up, start your free... Don't, not here, not now. Uh, I'll get your free month trial. Start that out. And as again, one more plug, uh, get over and check out our brand new YouTube channel, Major Pajak, over there on the YouTube. It's completely free and all that stuff. Uh, get subscribed. Chris wants a thousand subscribers before we put the first video out. Go and make that happen. If you like us, do it. If you don't like us, don't do it. We don't want you over there, honestly. Um, <laughs> um, what's the point? What would be the point? Like all those fucking people who fucking f- who subscribe to KSI will think he's a bellend or Logan Paul. Just don't subscribe. Don't subscribe. Um, then Logan Paul would have no subscribers, yeah, Paul. Good. Well, there you go. But I'd rather have people who give a fuck than not. Um, so, yeah, we'll see it over at any number of those places other than that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you, Paul. Thank you very much for watching and for listening. Walk on.